Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. All right, welcome back. Thanks for joining us again for the podcast. Um, today, we have my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks for having me. And we have our awesome uh, producer, Matt Johnson. Matt, thank you for taking the time to join us. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. I'm really pumped for this episode. So Thank we, we're, you know, Matt came out to Louisville and, and uh, I love that the fact that he did that to see kind of what we do and, um, and, and he's a sharp guy and a very successful guy. And so he had some questions and we're going to kind of continue with that today and let him kind of drive some of these questions, just like maybe a, uh, a client would or a potential client would um, when they contact us and have a webinar. So we just kind of want to like open the curtains and you know this is what happens when we're dealing with our clients and ask, answering questions and I like to say this Matt is that if I was teaching you Nick and I were teaching you mm -hmm. um, calculus you would expect us to answer any question about calculus that you could come up with yes right and uh, saying this very humbly we believe we can answer any question that you can come up with about infinite banking we can come up with and answer that question Right. So with that, fire away, Matt. <laughs> uh, ever, ever so humble statement. We'll start there. I love that. All right. Well, so one of the things that stuck out to me is uh, you really, you explained how you initially came to some of the, the realizations that you came to were based off of actually running a wealth management firm and doing conventional wealth management planning that most people are familiar with that they would walk into. Uh, and of course, you're doing your best to serve your clients and, and do some things that are, you know, different than what you walk into and get out of the standard Edward Jones office and things like that. So basically, you took a deep dive, right? You at one point, you look up and you realize you're not earning your clients the return that you were you were thinking you were. And I think a lot of people are in that position where their financial advisors explaining to them, that they're getting the return. No, no, you don't understand. Like, you know, you're getting the return. You just don't really feel it. And of course, the average person sitting there and, and just going, okay, I guess I have to trust what you're telling me. And I, and I was thinking about the fact that if I was sitting there having those conversations, I would probably come to that same conclusion. Okay, this guy is clearly smarter than I am. I must just not understand. And your point was, no, you do understand. You're exactly right you're not getting the return. It's a myth. And the financial services industry does a great job of serving them, but it's rigged against the average person. Uh, my question about that is, what, what is the average person supposed to do about that? And, and how do we think about that? Why, why are things that way really briefly before we jump into maybe what we can do about it? But you've been on the inside of it. Why is it that way? So the reason that it is, is because it's, you're, you're programmed to think this way. You're programmed okay. to think, Matt, you shouldn't manage your money. Give it to a professional. You know, right. um, you, you, how many times do you watch the news and you see, give it to a certified financial planner. And these, you got to only go with the certified financial planner because 
you know, um, and they got, you know, the, the, your other guy could be a DJ and they have these clever commercials, right? Okay. <laughs> so they're advertising, Fidelity's advertising, Charles Schwab is advertising. They're all advertising you to get your money to flow to them. Okay. Right. And what they want is they want to manage your money for a long period of time. So let's just say that I'm a financial planner and I'm going to charge you 1%, Matt. Mm-hmm. And you're a young guy. So let's assume that I'm a young guy, which, you know, I'd like to turn back time. But uh, <laughs> let's say that I'm a young guy and I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to have Matt as a client as he, as he builds his wealth, as he depletes his wealth. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a fee off of Matt for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. And Matt's going to give me 10 million bucks. I'm going to charge him a 1%. All, you know, and, 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 and I'm, and that's just, that's my fee, right? Mm-hmm. Now maybe I'm splitting that with my firm or my firm gets part of that, but that's my fee. Then there's internal fees in the investments I'm going to put them in. And then there's other fees and there's other, you know, charges and there's other eroding factors. And let's not forget about the small eroding factor of taxes. Right. But then yeah. when I, when I, when I, when I report to you, I say, Matt, look at how great you're doing. You're averaging 8%, 9%. What, I mean, are, are you just happy as can be with me? You're like, well, yeah, but um, okay. I am guess I'm getting 9%. Um, you're not doing the math because you're just trusting me, mm-hmm. right? And you're a financial guy. But, you know, I'm telling you what your gross is. Right. Not what your net is. But I'm also going to tell you what your average is, not with what your actual is. Because if I was really going to be straightforward with you as a financial planner, I'm going to show you, Matt, you started with 10 million this year. And at the end of the year, you had this much. Right. And then if I do the math, here's what your return was. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be closer to, you know, after all the fees and the taxes and everything else, your 9% is going to be three or 4%, maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. What do you think is going to happen if we have a down year? Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, but I'm going to say, well, and you're going to say, well, wait a minute, Jim. Um, I had 10 million and you said I got 9%. So this is what my balance should be. Oh, no, no, Matt, that's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> that would be too straightforward and transparent. Yes, exactly. I mean, okay. that, Wall Street is anything except for transparent because okay. what they want to do is baffle you with BS mm-hmm. so that you think, wow, Jim's smarter than I am about this stuff. So, um, Gosh, man, he just bought me a nice lunch. He just reviewed all my stuff. He's a good guy. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel pretty conf- confident that I'm with the right firm. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because I guess here, here's where that naturally leads me, which is a little bit of a human behavior question. Um, do the, like if the, if the system is rigged, do the individual financial advisors realize that to the extent of how much it's rigged or are they well-intentioned people that are doing the best to get their clients return, but they don't understand how much the system is rigged against their own clients? They're, they're well-intentioned. They, okay. they're, they're doing what they were trained to do. Okay. All right. And that they're telling sense. you what they're trained to tell you. Right. Right. And so this is kind of what would happen in a financial planning session. Let's say that you and I are sitting down and uh, you're going to make some guesses. Here's how much money I make now. Here's how my income is going to grow, you know, blah, 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 blah. You're going to make guesses and assumptions. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to make guesses and assumptions. Mm 
And I'm going to say, well, we're going to put you in this capital growth model. And, you know, this uh, strategy won a Nobel Prize, blah, 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 in economics, which is just modern portfolio theory. It's nothing special. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might be special, but it's nothing <laughs> proprietary. Right. And, um, and, you know, if inflation does this and your rate of return does this and your income grows like this, then um, at uh, 65, you're going to have this amount of money and you're going to live off that for the rest of your life because we're going to get this distribution rate. Mm-hmm. And, and I say, so to make all that happen, you need $10,000 a month, Matt, to go into your, uh, your plan. Okay. And you go, oh, well, Jim, I'm sorry. I, maybe I give you the wrong impression. I can't afford $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know what? If I lower inflation and I increase your rate of return and I do this and I do this, you could do it for $5,000 a month. And you go, whoa, Jim, I could do $5,000 a month. I go, great. Here we go. We'll sign you up. Here's your, you know, transfer the money, start, start, develop, start investing. Mm-hmm. But what did I do? So think about that. Yeah. Does this make sense? You make guesses and assumptions, mm-hmm. right? We know what happens when we assume. Mm-hmm. You make guesses and assumptions. I make guesses and assumptions. And then you know what we do? Together we hope. Yeah, yeah. Now, hope is not a strategy, is it, right. Matt? Hope is, you know, you hope that, um, that, you know, that you're not going to, that you're not going to get, uh, that you're not going to gain weight as you get older. <laughs> you hope that maybe you're not going to lose your hair. You Failure is an option. You're going to feel like eighty, <laughs> like you did when you were 20. Right. You can hope all day long, but it's not a very good strategy. Right. Yeah. Well, so. I think, I think that to your point, Matt, I always say people just aren't conditioned to ask why. It's like, I get these little people running around my house and they ask why all the time. And it's a great, it's a great lesson because I think the most brilliant marketing thing of all time is the, is the phrase, ask your doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Because guess what? Tell your doctor what to prescribe you. Yeah, that's right. Like, so that all the money, like I'm not conditioned to go challenge my doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm just conditioned to go to the doctor so they can swipe the card. Right. It's just the the whole process of getting money to flow. And so when I, and that brings up a good point, because we want to, we want to talk a little bit about advertising messages and and that's a great one. That's a great example. One of the other ones I was thinking of the other day that it randomly occurred to me uh, was uh, we were talking about, I was talking about breakfast and it it occurred to, because now there's a lot of research out now uh, about things like intermittent fasting and just how good it is, how good it is for you to only eat, uh, to skip breakfast and start eating it like, let's say noon or one o'clock in the afternoon and then stop eating at eight o'clock at night, right? Very good, reduces your overall calorie, you know, calorie intake. There's all sorts of benefits. So the question is, when you start chatting with this, uh, you know, about this to people, their first thing is, well, I thought breakfast was the most important meal of the day. And so I did exactly what you said, Nick. I'm like, I wonder why that is. Like, where did that, why did that come to be a thing? And sure enough, I tracked down the answer, which is that it was an advertising slogan by one of the guys that invented whole, like, uh, what was it? Not Frosted Flakes, but uh, whole flake cereals, Kellogg cereal. Yeah. So anyway, it just, it really drove the point home that we kind of, like I was sitting in the, in the, I remember sitting in the boot camp and, and hearing some of the things that you and Jim were saying. And I remember the things that were coming up in my mind. And of course me being a marketer, I was running them through that filter of going, okay, yeah, that's probably a marketing message. 
that was probably my, that was a slogan. That was a slogan. That's a Dave Ramsey commercial. That's a retirement commercial from a big company. And you start really thinking about it and just how much of the things that the average person, including myself, believes about finances and wealth. It, it would probably shock us to realize how much of it is just an advertising message. Jim, to your point, it's, it's part of the rig system that is intended to get us to deposit our money and let them manage it for as long as humanly possible and then just leave it there for them. Well, and, and you think about it, right? Tony Robbins talks about uh, neuro-linguistic program, programming, right? Yeah. So when he says things like, you know, for people that are a little bit older is um, how do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S, right? I mean, yeah. it just goes in our brains. And when, they, when cigarette companies could advertise, it, it was, you know, a cigarette tastes good like, Eight, like uh, no, I don't even remember that one. Uh, but uh, like, oh, like something uh, should, like something should, right? Yeah, I don't something. remember the the rest of it. I've never smoked, thank goodness. But yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's those things that were programmed. But also, what you want to do is you either want to scare people, which Dave Ramsey is really good at doing. Okay, or so what? How how does how do a comp does a company scare you? Well, how about the Prudential uh, ad that says, "How long are you going to live in retirement?" Right. Yeah. And then you yeah. say, well, how long was your money going to last? And it's, here's how long your money's going to last. It's like right here. And here's how long you're going to live. And you go, oh crap, I better call a prudential guy because I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Or you see the Pacific life, you know, whale jumping over and they're out on a cruise and man, they live on a lake and you're thinking that looks pretty good in retirement. Mm -hmm. I better call that Pacific life person and I better ask her how to do that. And, and, and it's, it's programming you on your emotions of what you want, right? Okay. Um, and you want... Playing to your ego. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, and you want financial security. Mm. But Everybody and, wants a guy, too. <laughs> and, right, exactly. But mm. see, the thing is, is that people would rather stand in that reassuring lie line and say, well, everybody else is doing this. Look, it's on TV, it's advertised. Everybody should do this. Everybody should do this. And on MSNBC and, and Fox, they say, one of the most important assets a person can have, but they say the average person can have, is their 401k. Now, mm. I don't care how much money you make, nobody wants to be average. Yeah. We wanna be extraordinary. But to be extraordinary, we have to, we can't have the same tactics that the average have. Yeah. We have to break away from listening to that noise on those advertisements and getting controlled by financial institutions. We have to break away. Now, in, in 1921, we had the, the biggest race riot in the country's history in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know why it was? Is because these 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 African American uh, business owners they seceded from the white banks. Okay. Right. They got out of the rat race. Okay. And they and they the hey the, you know what the guys that own the banks they didn't really like that. I would imagine not. And unfortunately, <laughs> the way race relations were in the 1920s, mm -hmm. they could do something about it. Very. Uh, very heinous, heinous, uh, acts. Mm -hmm. And, and that caused this riot. And so my point to that is they weren't programmed like they were supposed to be programmed. Mm -hmm. They were unconventional and rebellious. Mm -hmm. 
right? Which is the, the subtitle of this podcast. Mm -hmm. That's who this is for. Yeah. If you just want to stand in that reassuring lie line and say, hey, I don't know if we're doing the right thing, but everybody's doing it. So if we're all going down, we're all going down together. If yeah, that's I don't care. Stop the <laughs> podcast, go to Dave Ramsey's podcast and listen. Mm. And you'll, you'll be reassured that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. If you want to listen to this podcast and you really want financial freedom and wealth, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Mm. You're going to have to stand in a line that's called the um, inconvenient truth because you're going to have to take control. Mm. But guess what? You don't have to do it alone. Yeah. There are a lot of people that have done it. A lot of people doing it. And again, just like Tony Robbins says, if you want something, find somebody who's done it and do what they did or ask them what they did. They'll well, tell you. Have, <laughs> you're not going to have to be uncomfortable for long. And, and plus, you're going to have the most growth in anything when you're uncomfortable. But you're not going to have to be uncomfortable long when you break out mm. because you're going you're gonna to see the results. You're going to realize that you're really not standing alone. It just appeared that you were because there's this whole population out there that's doing this. Mm -hmm. and that's why we're so engaged with with our clients yep. you know these conversations that happen the, the the amount of people that are listening to this and wanting to be on our podcast it the people are craving for it they just don't realize because that noise out there that advertising noise it's loud yeah it really is and be willing to get out of your seat and take a take a little initiative and take some ownership in your life and you will hear the the signal out there yeah and, and you know matt you, you know, you brought up the advertising and I think about this and, and Nick, you know, that is exactly right. It's the noise. But if you think about it, what they're trying to do is get you to doubt yourself. <laughs> they're trying to say, yeah. hey, the Edward Jones guy that's going to be here at six o'clock in the morning calling you or at nine o'clock at night. They know more than you do. They're more capable at building your wealth than you are. They're smart. You're not. Trust us. Yeah. Right? Well, that's not what we do. We want to be more like Robert Kiyosaki, who says, you know what? You take action, mm -hmm. you educate yourself. But, you know, if you're going to do it, you need a guide, you need a coach. And that's really where we come in because if you can't tell, we love doing this. And the thing I love about this podcast is we have these conversations on the phone or on a webinar or in person or on the beach every day, every day, all day. And uh, my wife would tell you all day, um, but <laughs> and, and Mine too. <laughs> because we're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. But you know, with the, with the podcast, it's like just hitting record. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's record that and put it on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. But this is, this is what we do. This is what's fun about this is we've seen huge, huge gains, not only personally doing this, and I've seen, you know, Nick's huge, huge transformation. But, I mean, let's go back to John Stevens from a few weeks ago on the podcast. Eight months, 10 properties. Now, that was at the recording. The day after that, he closed on a $2 million deal in eight months. Eight months from zero passive income in real estate to at least $15,000 a month. Wow. Somewhere in that range. Let's say 10. Okay. I don't, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver. Right. Yeah, Let's yeah. say 10. 
No, does anybody out there not want ten thousand dollars a month passive income? Yeah, it's pretty good. Now, by the way, passive income means no, no, I'm not, I'm not uh, installing new toilets or fixing the toilet or a leak or anything like that. Okay, okay. I like to tell the story that it, I, I own real estate. I do this, and if if it was if I had to be a handyman. I would have, uh, I'd be, I would be on the street. I'd be homeless. Okay. <laughs> nobody would hire me to be a handyman, including my wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, what's, uh, you know, we talked about the noise. We talked a little bit about uh, kind of why the game is rigged. So, so if you're in the audience and, and you can, you can see that those things either are true or you're at least open to the possibility that they're true and you want to learn more. How do you learn more? How do you connect? The, the, the best way is to go to createtailwind.com and schedule a webinar. No obligation. There's no sales pitch. There's no click funnel. There's none of that. Okay. There's no course for you to buy. Okay. It's just given to you. It's education given to you. And then you decide if you want to learn more. If you learn more, there's still nothing to buy. You learn it. And you decide you want us to be your coach or you don't want us to be your coach, but there's never anything to buy. You're never going to pay us a fee. We'll explain all of that in the webinar, but it's not like, don't feel like at the end there's a sales pitch because you'll be waiting for a long time because there's not one. <laughs> no arm twisting. No. Right. So that's the best way. And you know what? It, you don't know what you don't know. If what you thought to be true turned out not to be true, which is kind of what we're telling you. Mm -hmm. How soon, Matt, would you want to know about it? Yeah, immediately. Yesterday. Immediately. So, That's right. yeah. Cool, guys. Awesome. All right. Well, Nick, I appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, and Jim, thanks Thank so you. much. This has been awesome. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.